evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are USA, USA, USA. Team USA brings home the Ryder Cup. Drama in Philly, the latest between Ben Simmons and the 76ers. The hunt for the Commissioner's Trophy is almost here. How will the MLB regular season wrap up? And turn that damn jukebox on. The Hogs get a big win in the SEC. <laughs> the Fire Brigade recaps last week's games and give you their predictions for week five's biggest games. With that, I give you our chief of our Fire Brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a lovely evening in Delaware, Ohio. Wednesday night, Matt's basement again. Um, like Colton said, we're going to start out with the Ryder Cup. Um, most lopsided victory ever since it's been USA versus Europe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on the, on the Ryder. It was, I didn't get to see a lot of it, but what I did, I mean, we, it was just, and we said on paper that the USA should dominate and they didn't let us down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a lot of history made on both, both sides, uh, Europe, not good history to be made, but on the other side, team USA making a lot of good history for, <clears throat> excuse me, for them. Uh, my dad said most most lopsided you know loss in, in team Europe history uh, final score was 19 to nine um, in favor of team team USA um, and uh, actually the youngest team in USA team history um, as well um, so so this lines up for good future rider oh yeah yeah USA. definitely a lot a lot a lot of you know young you know potential for for more you know opportunities for team USA to really dominate this thing over the next you know several you know several years um but it was, it was actually funny and the the six usa rookies actually scored more points individually by themselves you know combined than the whole team europe did themselves so it wasn't just you know some of the kind of veteran players or you know whatever kind of carrying the team the rookies really did their did their part for for team usa they didn't let the moment you know get too big for them and they you know stepped up in, in the clutch and you know, I know um, Colin Morikawa was was kind of the guy that was spearheading it, wow. and, and and he looks unbeatable. Yeah. I mean, he's figured out his putting. You know, there towards the end of the end of the golf season for them. You know, he won a couple won a couple tournaments, really figured out his putting, and he he looks unbeatable right now. Yeah, just kind of looking at at some of the highlights, it was kind of uh, you know Team USA. I think what helped them is that they kind of built that early lead. They they were up six to two, I believe, after the first the first day. Um, and, and even in, you know, some of the matches, they got up early. They got up two, three holes on, right. on a lot of the Team Europe, you know, pairings and even in the individual matches. And then were able to just kind of, you know, coast the rest of the way. So I think it was one of those things that, yeah, they, they took advantage early on um, and just was were, were able to, you know, make some some good shots and make some clutch putts down down the stretch to, to kind of hold on there. Um, and, and, and Team Europe really just had no, no answer. I mean, they – all of their golfers outside of the two Spaniards um, in, in John Rahm and, and Sergio Garcia, uh, nobody else had a, had a winning record throughout the, the whole, you know, the whole three days. So, yeah. you know, the, the two guys from Europe, you know, John Rahm and like I said, Sergio Garcia were the only kind of shining light for, for team Europe. And they should be. I mean, they're, yeah. they're more the, they're the higher ranked guys. Right. On Rahm that is the number one golfer yeah. in the world. Right. And then, you know, Sergio, I think is one of the elder statesmen that may or may not have played in, some of the most matches on, on that right. team Europe side. So definitely, you know, you would expect that, but you know, some other kind of big names for team Europe that you thought would, you know, kind of play better, really just never really got going. Mm-hmm. You know, Rory McIlroy never really was, was in it. Um, and, he seemed to be in a funk this year. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he hasn't been golfing like he has been in the no, past I this agree. year. His game has been a little off. Yeah. Yeah. I think Europe's definitely got some work to do. Um, you know, that, uh, USA kind of like played really loose. They were having fun out there. They got a little bit of a swagger, and, um, and that was good to see too because we heard going into this that there might have been some infighting within within right. Team USA. We, we even saw Brooks Kepka. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, They hugged it out right there in the middle of the locker. So room. does that like, mean that the beef is dead, I or think so. or does that mean the beef was all for show from the beginning? Right. Right. Yeah, that's a good chance, right? Uh, but you know, USA, like we said, the youth of that team, eight guys under thirty years old. Um, Europe's, you know, they're they're behind the eight ball right now. They, this could be a dominant stretch for USA. Um, you know, they said actually that maybe USA, some of the guys may actually been a little disrespectful, and I, I don't think it was intended that way. I think they were just loose and having fun with it. I mean, you had 
Daniel Berger and Justin Thomas on Saturday chugging beers after they got <laughs> done golfing. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just think they were really loose with it. And um, I, I think that, you know, played to their advantage. You know, they, they had a, they had a, uh, I want to say a competitive edge to them, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, didn't go out and play like there was any pressure on them. I, I just, I think it just worked out really well for them. And Phil Mickelson, you know, they gave him props for keeping the team loose and, you know, they got some, a pep talk from Tiger Woods all week. He was giving them pep talks all weekend. So, you know, uh, I, I expect great things out of this Ryder Cup team the next several years. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, this year was, you know, on home turf in, in the USA up in, up in Wisconsin. So, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how this team, if this is the same team or, you know, a lot of the same players will probably be back for, I think it's 2023 when they play again. So it'll be interesting to see how Team USA handles it going across the drink to play on, you know, some of the tougher kind of European courses um, in, a, in a stat that I think we haven't won on Team Europe, you know, on Europe's soil since like 1993 or wow. something like that. So wow. it's been a while since we've been able to capture this this Ryder Cup on, on you know, Europe's soil. So we'll see how, how that, uh, you know, how they handle that. Yeah, along with Kepka and Chambeau, you know, hugging it out, we had, they kind of, Dustin Johnson, one of the older guys at 37, they said, hey, can you uh, think you can still party with your younger teammates? And he uh, kind of said, yeah, I think I can. He used a, a bit of an expletive, expletive language there, but uh, he said, you know, and they, they like, he went to Coastal Carolina, so if anybody knows where that, that's Myrtle Beach. So yeah, big party he's, school. Yeah, he's used to he's used to being able to hang in hey, there. And he deserved it. He was uh, yeah, the first American first American to go undefeated since 1979. He went wow. five and zero in all of his matches. Yeah. So you know, hats hats off to him. Kind of yeah, like you said, the elder statesman at 37, but you know, definitely made his marker, you know, led this team with that perfect 5-0 and record. Absolutely. All right, very good. Anything else on Ryder Cup, fellas? Yeah, just uh, hopefully, like we said, they can keep it up because we, we've seen a lot of times in the past, on paper, USA has looked like the better team, but it hasn't played out well for us. So, so hopefully they don't let this go to their heads and they, they can keep the streak going on in years to come. Yeah. Right. All right, sounds good. All right, well, on to Philadelphia now. Uh, ben Simmons, you know, there's some drama going on there. You know, there's been – Right after they got knocked out of the second round um, in the playoffs this last year, you know, they went to a game seven, got knocked out. Um, there was some comments made, uh, you know, the fans were not happy with ben, the way Ben Simmons played in the playoffs. Um, so Coach Rivers and the owner, Josh Harris, flew out to L.A. Um, to talk to Ben Simmons, and it's my understanding they got nowhere. <laughs> yeah. um, he – he wants out, and he's saying it's not Philadelphia, it's him. He's saying that uh, what I'm hearing coming from his camp is that he wants to be the guy, and he knows he's never going to be the guy as long as Joel Embiid is healthy. Joel's always going to be, you know, number one. Simmons will always be number two at there. So, um, you know, we'll see how this works out. Tell me what you guys are – the vibe you're getting from Philadelphia. Yeah, really the, the big thing with, with Ben Simmons is his, his game doesn't really match up with how the 76ers play. They've got Embiid there in the, in the middle. So it, it's always something kind of clogging up the paint with Embiid being in there. Simmons is a slasher. He's a guy who plays at the rim. So he has, has trouble with Embiid being in there to be able to make the, make the plays happen that way. He's not a great three-point shooter, which is a uh, part of what was kind of discussed. He, um, 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 a lot of these problems that they's also got problems with coach rivers who clearly said after, after that, uh, playoff exit that, you know, Simmons went, when asked, he said, Simmons needs to get better. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I know that probably had to rub him the wrong way. And then Embiid also was, was upset with him after that same loss for, uh, not, not shooting, uh, shooting the layup and passing out to one of his teammates. So he's got, he's got the coach kind of harping on him. He's got the other star of the team harping on him. He's got the fans harping on him. I think there's just not a match in, in, in Philadelphia anymore. He, he's got to go. The question is going to be, where does he go? Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you guys you guys touched on it. You know, like like you said, it, it, it started, you know, we're talking about this started back in June, you know, all this with that second round exit and, you know, kind of playing off of, you know, also off of what Doc Rivers said, you know, the question was asked, is Ben Simmons a championship level point guard? And I, and I quote directly from from Doc Rivers, he said, I don't know the answer to that. And, and he kind of, you know, uh, recanted his words or kind of went back and, and said, that doesn't mean that I'm saying Ben Simmons is not a good point guard. I just don't know at this point in his career, 
if he's a championship point guard. I have to say that he can't be. It's just he he has to get yeah. he has to get better, like like Matt said. Uh, and, and and so, but it, it seems like at this point, neither side is gonna is gonna be happy. Um, you know, Ben Simmons basically has said, "I don't want to play another game in in Philadelphia. Get me out of here. I, I'm willing to sit out the season." The only problem is, is that he he has four more years left on his current contract, oh my, guys. Yeah. So right now, the the Seventy Sixers have a little bit of of leverage. Okay, you can maybe see a guy sitting out a whole season, but you're, you're talking you're sitting out four years, four more seasons. I, I don't think so. Uh, and and I think at the same time, the more he sits out, the less value he sure. has. That, 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 so I, I think if you're the Seventy Sixers, I, I think you know. I don't think that he really fits in, in the system. Um, you know, if, if you're saying that, you know, you have to basically decide it's either Joel Embiid or it's, or it's Ben Simmons right. at this point. And, and, you know, it, from everything that it is looking like is, is they're going the Joel Embiid route and, and like, like Embiid and, and, and Simmons have both said it, their styles don't, don't match. Don't match that. Um, and, you know, and, and Simmons has basically said, I don't match with, with, with Embiid, so I don't see a future here in Philadelphia. Okay, so – and he's not wrong because, yeah, both of them if, – if Simmons doesn't want to develop a jump shot or doesn't want, you know, to be able to develop an outside shot, then, yeah, it's never going to work yeah. in Philly because you got two guys that basically want to play in the paint, and, and, you know, that just doesn't work in today's kind of NBA, you know, offensive system. Right, it just clogs everything up. Right, and so I, I think at this point you've got – Philly has to find has to find a partner has to find somebody to, to trade him to I think the problem is is that the asking price may be a little too steep well, that's, um, that's the thing these teams aren't going to offer the moon for him because right. right now his value is low because mm -hmm. it's poor playoff performance and everybody knows he, he wants out yeah and he can't so, shoot. and he can't I mean, shoot right. so so no nobody's going to give up a, a yeah, top tier so, star you have to find not only you know give up something you got to find you know the right fit you right, know what right. which team really wants to take him on that's going to fit in their offensive style or you know the way that yeah don't get me wrong he's a great player all-star you know defensive minded player as well um but you know at the same time he also has to kind of fit into the scheme yeah. of, of what you want to do with a point guard that you know wants to have the ball in his hands a lot and and, and you know really can only score inside inside the paint so yeah, yeah I, i'll tell you what I'd, I'd love to see him out there in golden state i think he'd fit perfectly out there because they got all those shooters perimeter shooters nobody's clogging up the paint mm -hmm. he could drive he can slash he's a decent passer he, yeah you know so he could set up teammates for for the that, open that threes. would be a pretty good match i guess i Problem really is they've got nothing to trade right right i don't know what they got to, they want to get I, I think because uh, i read i read something that yeah that's a potential team um that that you know, is, is interested. Um, and I'm, I'm, when I was reading it, I think that they have maybe two first round picks over the next like couple NBA mm -hmm. drafts. And, and apparently when, you know, sources say that when these two teams were trying to make a deal that those two picks were involved. Also, um, I believe James Wiseman, you know, their kind of rookie pick from right. a couple of years ago, yeah. um, was, was also in the deal. So that's, that's kind of what Philly's looking at. They're, they're looking at, you know, not only, a star player, but multiple first round picks. Mm. And so, you know, now the asking price is getting, you know, how, how high is too high kind right. of deal. Well, uh, if Wiseman and two first rounders isn't enough, then I don't think they're going to make a deal happen. Right. I don't that, know. That, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Right. I don't know that there's any other team that can offer more, um, you know, at, at this current moment, right. um, mm -hmm. you know, and so. I also heard that they may be holding out for hoping that uh, Damian Lillard tries to force his way out of Portland mm -hmm. and, you know, forces kind of both teams' hands there. Right. Or maybe even a, a Bradley Beal trying to force his way out of Washington. Right. You might see one of those three-team trades. Yeah, and I heard, you know, I heard the same same thing about the Bradley Beal and, and Damian Lillard, but, you know, I heard at the, t at the same time it's not the right time yet because right. both of those players have they're, basically they're said – Perfectly I'm, happy right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm coming. Yeah. It's not, you know, their teams aren't out of the playoff contention or right. they're not, you know, unhappy or they're not, you know, losing games. So it's just – it's not the right time to try to trade with either one of those teams or make a deal for one of those, you know, uh, all-star players because, you know, it, it just not the right, the right time. Um, so it'll be interesting uh, going forward uh, how, I mean, how it all his plays. His four years in Philly, he's only averaging 16 points a game, 56% mm -hmm. um, from the, from the field, which is not, 
hateful. But he only, you know, for a slasher, he only gets to the line like five times a game, mm-hmm. and that only shoots sixty percent when he gets there. Right. So, mm. you know, I, I'm not sold on Ben Simmons. I think he's a talented player. Doc probably should have chosen his words a little better. Um, I, I think if 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 Ben Simmons looks at himself, he will admit he needs to get better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think he may have said that since then. You know, and then Joel Embiid has said, I'm disappointed that he doesn't want to stick around and try to make this thing work. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it just seems like Ben's done in Philadelphia. Yeah, like. I, don't, I don't think either. You know, they, 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 you know, the press conference a couple of days ago, you know, Doc Rivers, uh, Daryl Morey, the GM at, in Philadelphia, and Joel Embiid himself kind of compared this to the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay situation. And it was actually kind of funny because Ben Simmons kind of laughed off those comments and said that, you know, this is nowhere close to that situation. It's not going to resolve itself yeah, like Aaron Rodgers did. And, and I don't think, yeah. And, and like I said, I think it's a lot different because Aaron Rodgers only had, you know, one more year on his deal. So yeah. he, he could have potentially said, yeah, I'm not playing this year. Right. I'm done. And it would have been, you know, okay. But like I said, Ben Simmons has four more years on his deal. Okay, yeah. maybe you can sit out one season, but three three more on top of that, yeah, that, that's it ain't going to happen that right. way. Uh, but if he does choose to sit out, which he basically is, he's not coming to training camp, which takes place next week. He's already said, I, I refuse to come to training camp yeah. um, and, and plans to never play another game for Philadelphia. Um, so financially – um, if he chooses to sit out every exhibition game and then every regular season game up until the 20th game of the regular season, he'll be fined almost $230,000, you know, per, per game. Then after that 20th game games, regular season games, 21 through 82, he get that, that fine goes up to 300,000 per game. Ooh. So, I mean, he's got. Hope he's got some savings. He's got almost $147 million left on his current deal right now. You know, four years, $147 million. And he's due about, I think it was like around $33 million just this year. So he's got a lot, you know, coming. But, you know, that's a big chunk to take, you know. to, to a hit. Yeah, to not, to basically say, I'm not going to play another game right. over, over some, you know, philosophical differences, I guess. So I, I think at this point, though, if you're Philly – you, you, you find a partner, you find, you know, what the best deal is going to be because I don't think that it's going to get – you're not going to get any better. It's right. not the, – the, the more value – if he doesn't play, the value only yeah. gets worse. Right. It, it yeah. doesn't the get any drops, better, I think. I so. And really right now you've got nothing. Right. He's not coming. So right. get, get something. Get something. Anything for yeah. him. For, 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 you know, to, Probably best for everybody. Because, I mean, Philly too. has a, a legit contender there in, in the East. So it's, you know, they, they got to – you know, if – one of their play, star players, like Ben Simmons, says, "I'm not going to play." Then they got to find another star player or some star players to, you know, surround that, that surround that decent team before your other players on your team are, are out of their prime or yep. whatever. So well, definitely, and try to get buy-in from the rest of the team if if they don't go out and try to do something and get something for Ben Simmons, you know, are they admitting, "Well, we're just going to have another season of." you know, maybe making the playoffs, but not really making a deep run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think they got to show that they're committed to winning to the rest of the players as well. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's move on to baseball talk. Um, I know you guys got a lot of stuff on the National League. Uh, how are those races shaping up right now? Uh, so, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit before the show. Um, pretty much the, the wild cards already already set so you got the Dodgers um currently you know the Dodgers are sitting at the first wild card spot and the red hot St. Louis Cardinals are in that second spot right there um and and have locked up that second spot in the you know NL wild card I guess you could say um but the Dodd where where, you know it's kind of different is some of the a little bit of the divisional races are still kind of still up in the air um you got the uh, Atlanta Braves sitting at 84 and 72 um, three and a half games above the the Phillies, um, and and there's only I think what five games. So that was probably right. Yeah, there's yeah, there's, a, there's yeah, only yeah, two's their magic number. Right, yeah. four or five games left. Um, so I, I would say the Braves. I mean I haven't really looked too deep into everybody's schedule, but um, I know you know the, the Braves look like they have a good good shot at, at taking that. Well, actually, two of those five games Atlanta has left is is with Philadelphia. Okay, they play yeah. Philadelphia tonight. So uh, really, if they if they beat Philadelphia tonight, I, I think that should clinch it for them. Okay, so. yeah. So the National League East is pretty well decided. Yep. Yeah. 
The NL Central is 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 done. The yeah, Brewers no clinched hockey. that, no problem. Yeah. Uh, so the West is where it gets exciting. Yeah, the, the West is you know where it gets a little bit interesting between the two top teams there in the Giants and the and the Dodgers. Like I said, the Dodgers already have a spot in the playoffs, right. and, and the Giants do as well. Uh, it's just who's going to be that number one seed overall and who's going to be playing in that kind of play-in wild card game. Yeah, uh, and I'll tell you what, neither of them want to be that wild card right. game because uh, the Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball right now. Right. Nobody wants to face them, at least not in a one game you yeah. lose and you win go home. Yeah, right. go home type so. deal. Uh, I don't care who you are. I mean, right. as, as well as the Dodgers and Giants are playing, you know, we, we always talk about it's not always about who the best team is in the playoffs. Right. It's, it's the hottest who's the hottest team in. at the right time, and, and there's nobody like that. Especially in a long, you know, with baseball, baseball being such a long season, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, 162 games, yeah. you know, teams get hot at different times and, you know, their record reflects that at the end of the season, but who's hot right now? And, you know, obviously the cards 17 in a row or whatever. Yeah, 17. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. And, and so, you know, looking at the playoff matchups, if the playoffs were to start today, if we're, you know, ending all the races now, we got the Giants at the number one seed, and they would play then the winner of that wild, wild card, card game. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the two seed in the Milwaukee Brewers going up against the three seed in the Atlanta Braves. And then in that NL wild card, you know, playoff game uh, where they play, you know, one game against each other to see who gets to get, you know, go up against San Francisco would be the Dodgers versus the, the Cardinals. So, so how much does that stink for the winner of the NL West, though? Yeah. You win that, and now you got to face the winner of the hottest team in baseball versus the second best team in, 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 in pretty much West. in the National right, League. Right, right. You know, that's, that's really no consolation the, prize the, the for only winning thing, the one The only seed. thing I would, I would say to that is if, if St. Louis really is the hottest team, no matter if you're in that one seed or you're in that wild card, you're probably going to face the Cardinals no matter what. Right. So it's, it's, it's one of those things, I guess – you, you want see to, him now, or you, you want to see him, see him now? Well, yeah, you want to see him in a series right, instead of right. one yeah, game. You may want to see him, you know, in a in a five game series or seven game series, whatever they play in the first. I think it's five games in the first round. Um, so yeah, I think you're you're probably better off to see him in yeah. a in a five game series than than you are, you know, one. Hopefully they cool off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's why in sports, though, I'm not a big fan of, of the division winners automatically getting their spots. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the teams who've played the best and have the best record should should get a little more pull, and mm-hmm. and that, that's where it really hurts here. Is mm-hmm. you, you you fought all year, you're the best team in baseball, but now you're playing the second best team in baseball <laughs> right. in the first round. Right. right. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, it's definitely uh, going to be interesting to see how those two teams. You know, they they played well so far throughout the whole season yeah. and it, you know, your season could be over in one, in one game. So right. well, um, the American league is, I think more interesting in the wild card yeah. chase yep. right yep. now. Um, I was reading the thing and I think you'd have to be a, a mathematician of <laughs> some genius level to figure it out. But they said there is a scenario where five teams could tie <laughs> with identical records for, wild card for the wild card between yeah. the Yankees, the Bo Sox, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and the A's. So, yeah. I mean, it's not likely. And it's so unlikely, in fact, I'm not even sure that baseball has a scenario on how to handle move, it. If handle that, that if it would get to that. <laughs> I mean, you'd have like a round robin play in. I don't even know. Yeah, that would be know. a tournament but, before I mean, the it's tournament. A, it's a long shot, but that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I actually think it comes down to I, I, there are some scenarios this has happened where they've talked in the past that it actually comes down to a coin flip. You're, <laughs> you're, you're literally out based on a coin flip. I'm thinking tails. So I'm thinking tails. That's, yeah. that's rough. <laughs> wow, that, that, that would suck. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, you got Yankees sitting atop right now, the wild card race at 90 and 67. Yeah. Um, actually, they're playing the Blue Jays right now. We got it turned on in the studio right now. Um, uh, and they have the toughest schedule of all five teams the last five games. They play two at Toronto, and then they got three games versus Tampa Bay. So mm. um, they have the toughest schedule remaining, although they are coming off a sweep of the Boston Red Sox, which I'm sure Boston is not happy because they Boston was on a seven-game win streak yeah. before mm-hmm. – before, you know, the Yankees came in and, and did that to them. So, you know, Boston had been hot up to that point. So, but they play two bad teams going out. They got five games left as well. They got two games against the Orioles and three games against uh, the Nationals. So, 
um, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like Dad said, the, the divisional races are kind of, you know, locked up. Right. In the AL East, you got Tampa Bay at 97 and 60, already clinched that it division. Like They'll be that number one seed. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be, yeah, the best team in the AL going yeah. forward. Um, and then you got the AL Central with the uh, Chicago White Sox uh, mm-hmm. sitting at 90 and 68. They've already clinched their division, and every other team in their division has even been eliminated from the playoff contention, so right. they don't have anything to worry about. And then in the AL West, um, the Houston Astros, they haven't quite clinched it yet. They're four and a half games up on the Seattle Mariners. Um, so, you know, more or less they're going to win. They're going right. to, you know, probably take it home as long as they can win a game uh, in these last, you know, final games. They're, they're going to take home that crown. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really the interesting part in the AL is, is kind of the, the wild card scenario. Um and I, I'm pulling for the Blue Jays. I, you know, we talked about, you know, the the kind of the where the races stood about a month ago. Right. Um, and I was, you know, pretty high on the on the Blue Jays just because of their their schedule. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for them just kind of, you know, they're, they're somebody different. Yeah. You know, we're the, used to these seeing a couple games right here against the Yankees are going to be big for them. I'll tell you. Right. I mean, right now they got a kind of two nothing lead in the second inning. Yeah. Uh, they got Cole on the ropes. So, yeah. right. I mean, uh, this could this could be good good news for for Toronto, right? Uh, but you know, like like I did with the with the NL, you know, if the AL playoffs were to were to start today, if we you know we're putting the record, you know, throwing the records out there, we're ending the playoffs, and and we're starting starting now. Uh, like I said, Tampa Bay would be that number one number one seed, uh, and then they would play the winner of the you know kind of play in AL wild card game, um, which currently is the New York Yankees versus the Boston Red Sox, which would be you know. Very, very interesting because, you know, the history that these two teams, not only in the regular season or, you know, in the history of baseball, but then yeah, even post-season now, now you're adding this one-game playoff between, you know, two heated rivals, you yeah. know, in the playoffs. In the same division that have seen each other right. how many times already this season. Right. Um, but that – so that's going to be, you know, an interesting matchup if it stands as right. it is. Um, and then, you know, the two seed then is the Houston Astros then would go up against the the, the White Sox, the number three seed then. And, um, yeah, like I said, I, I think will be interesting to see, you know, what, what happens in that kind of AL wild card game. And, and right. I think if, if we're going Yankees versus Red Sox as much as this – pains me to say it I, I think the Yankees will, will get it will get it done I think I think this year they have they have more talent in, in a one so in a one game one. with Garrett Cole you know as right. your ace I mean I, I like Yankees ace versus the Red Sox ace I guess if I'm picking you know right. picking it and and I think you know the Yankees probably no better team at the trade deadline than the Yankees right. yeah. um you know yeah. they they signed all those players got some hitters and it's paying dividends oh, for them. Because yeah, um, at one point, I think all three of us picked the Yankees not to even make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. right, and, uh, right at the trade deadline. So they're they're truly making fools out of out of. I mean, there's obviously <laughs> everybody. Some, everybody. We're not everybody, the only yeah. one. Yeah, some, some, some you know, and I and I agree. Yeah, that to see those two teams play. If there was a way both of them could could lose, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> I'm not a fan of either one of those teams, but I think you know that would. It would garnish great ratings on TV. I, I mean, know. that's a matchup that yeah. everybody would would like to see, especially that you know one game winner take all kind of scenario. Right, right. So, you know, but you know, if it, you know, there's still some, there's still some, you know, that third spot, third wild card spot, I guess. Uh, Seattle's kind of in the mix there. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of talked. I you know was kind of pulling for the for the Blue Jays to kind of you know I, I you know when we talked about this about a month ago you know I was real high on the Blue Jays just because of where their you know the schedule looked favorable for them and you know it's just something different you know we're used to seeing the Red Sox and the Yankees in the playoffs but the Blue Jays there would be a new team just somebody right. you know fresh to see in there that you know has been playing well but. Like you said, this is in a really tough division. I mean, we could possibly see three teams from the same division yeah, all make right. the playoffs. Well, so. as we speak, Toronto's up three to nothing in the bottom of the second inning. So, yeah. over to the Yankees right now. So, right. go Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, is that it then for our Major League Baseball talk? Yeah, yeah I think so. so. All right. Well, let's move on to our recap from uh, the five games of the week, college games of the week last week. Um, first game out of the shoot, we had uh, – Arkansas at you know at that time number sixteen going up against number seven Texas A and M and Arkansas came out on top twenty to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody surprised by that? Um, well, I, I picked that. That was one of the. Well, I went perfect five and zero this week, so that was no, definitely one of the ones I picked. <laughs> but uh, 
But no, I they, they really showed what they've been showing all year. They have a very balanced offense. They racked up 443 yards of total offense, 246 passing, 197 rushing. And they only gave their defense is playing really well. They only gave up 272 yards of total offense. The other team forced a turnover, had three sacks. So uh, they played really well. And uh, I, I think, you know, if they keep it up, they're going to have a great season. Uh, but I, I, I got that one right as well. <laughs> um, that was an upset that I picked as well. But I didn't fare as good on some of the other games. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, I got this one wrong. I, I picked Texas A&M to, to win this one. Um, but, you know, Arkansas, you know, they, they really, you know, I don't know that they surprised me or that they did anything spectacular, but right. they did, you know, just enough to win. That That's all you need. I mean, they came out on top. They got the W, um, you know, and now Arkansas's 4-0 for the first time since 2003. I mean, that's <laughs> long, long history. I um, mean, actually – you know, a little bit of more history. Arkansas, you know, gets their first win against Texas A&M since right. both of these teams, you know, have are now in the SEC. Um, you know, they used to play each other quite frequently back in, I think, you know, the early 90s or so in a different conference called the Southwest Conference. But, you know, since Texas A&M has now joined the SEC, Arkansas gets their first win as an SEC, you know, kind of opponent. So yeah, it's good to see some fresh faces in the SEC kind of kind of moving around in the right. rankings and, and making a – Make it look a little better. It's not the same the same guys every year in the SEC. So it's, it's nice to see some fresh blood there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and like I said, Arkansas has not been historically the last several years has not been very good. Right. So it's it's good to see that they're finally starting to turn it around. Um, you know, and, and I think that they got the right coach in there, the right fit. Um, yep. and, and and he seems to, you know, have the players' backs and you know more of a players type of coach. Um, and, and I think the the players are responding pretty well, pretty well to that. So absolutely, yeah. Yeah, what what was your take then, Dad? On that, we're we're still talking about that Arkansas Texas A and M. Well, I mean, we're going to see this week what Arkansas is made of. You know, it's one of our games of the week coming up. They got number two Georgia, but um, I I, like I said, I picked that game as well. You know, and they did jump a huge. Mm -hmm. You know, they went from sixteen to eight. They gave them a lot of credit for beating a Texas A&M team. I know it was number seven, but they really hadn't played anybody. Yeah, and I said that going in. You and know, that was the reason I picked tender. against them. That was the reason I picked the upset, I guess, because yeah. I didn't really feel like uh, A&M had been tested. So, yeah, right. you know, um, it'll be interesting to see. Arkansas has got a lot of tough games coming up here, you know, not only this week, but going forward. So, uh, all right, well, let's move on. Um, UCLA and Stanford game out west. Uh, UCLA was ranked 24. I think they've moved up to 20 now, maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. after the win over Stanford. I missed this game. Mm-hmm. It was a close game going in. Um, yeah, I think it you was know, and I thought. I guess I kind of gave Stanford the edge since they were playing at home. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know, at one point this game was Stanford. I think rushed out to kind of an early 14 nothing lead, maybe, and then. You know, UCLA kind of battled back, and it was kind of tight through, you know, three, almost three and a half quarters. Uh, it wasn't really until, you know, kind of later in the fourth quarter that UCLA kind of separated right. themselves. Um, and I think I think the difference for me was just kind of the, the balanced attack that UCLA had, um, you know, 251 passing yards to 204 rushing yards. Yeah. Wow. Um, on the flip side, Stanford had 293 passing yards, but only 67 rushing yards. Yeah. So they just – weren't really able to get that that ground game going. And that was kind of one of the keys that I talked about, you know, in our preview of this game last week is is kind of that stout UCLA defense against the run. Um, and Stanford just wasn't able to get it going going on the run. And mm-hmm. that's kind of been their their bread and butter of, of why they, you know, were were, you know, so doing so well going into this game and, and UCLA yeah. really kind of shut that down. So Yeah, Chip well. Chip Kelly's really got that offense humming and uh Though if, if they want to really make a run and do something special this year, they're going to have to work on their turn or not their turnovers, their penalty situation. They had six penalties for 105 yards yeah. in a big game that could really hurt you down the road. That's, that's a lot of big. I mean, that's yeah, big, big six penalties, penalties yeah. for 100. I mean, that's that's big. That's so you got to figure some of those are like player control and, foul, yeah, personal right. foul. Yeah. So and that's a discipline thing, you yeah. know. So yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Um, a, a big game that you know for the Big Ten, I thought. Uh, was at the time number 18 Wisconsin going up against number 12 Notre Dame. Um, this was a game that, you know, it was close. And actually, Wisconsin kind of got some mojo. They they uh, got a turnover, got a field goal out of it, went up 13 to 10, knocked Notre Dame's starting quarterback out yeah, of the game. Yeah, knocked the yeah their third their second Notre Dame's string. third string had to come in. So yeah, their second string guy had a hamstring issue. So you're bringing your third string guy, and you're thinking, all right, well, yeah, Wisconsin's defense now they're gonna you know put their put their foot on their throat, and wow, 
what a surprise right? <laughs> yep. wound up 41 to 13 and that was <laughs> and it was close until like the last five minutes yeah and yeah it was Wisconsin threw, record, literally over like threw over. like two or three pick sixes in a row yeah. in the last like five minutes of the game so yeah, yeah this 41 to 13 is definitely not how the game kind of played out. It right. definitely yeah, it was, was, was way a lot tighter, you know, match than, than what the final And Actually, I picked this one too. Um, I did pick this one, right. But, uh, you know, it wasn't an upset obviously, but, um, I did pick Notre Dame to beat Wisconsin and, you know, we got Notre Dame again in our, one of our five games coming up. So we're going to see what Notre Dame's made of as well. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it, it's really one of those things of, you know, Notre Dame's offense was just a, was, better than Wisconsin's offense. Right, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin's offense is not very good. Is not, you know, is, is anemic at this point. I mean, well, we hope it stays that way for at least another week. They're playing mine and Colton's Michigan team this weekend. So it, it, and I will say that is in Madison. So it's going to be a little bit different environment. So yeah, they're going to be a little, a little angry, I think after the way they played right. in that fourth quarter against Notre Dame as well. So yeah, yeah think, we'll see how that works out for, for the team. I, I think North. Wisconsin, yeah, has a lot more questions than answers right now, especially on yeah, the, offensive make side, this team. On the I, offensive side of the ball. I, I yeah. just don't think that they really have a true identity. Right. Well, they, they used to be that power running team. Right. They're going to run it up the gut all game long. And and, and they, they just, just don't have a runner that yeah. can do that this they, year. They just weren't well, able they're to get struggling that. at their offensive line, which mm-hmm. has always been, you know, we talked yeah. about it last week. It's always been, you know, forte of Wisconsin. Those big 330, 340-pound offensive linemen. Right. And they just, they don't, they have the size this year. They just don't have the experience mm-hmm. up front. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll see how, you know, how Notre Dame plays this week. They go up against number seven Cincinnati. But right. um, the other game, uh, West Virginia, who was unranked, went up against number four Oklahoma. And I, <laughs> 16 talked, to 13, we talked, we talked I, about I, which I did. I did pick this one right, and I and I, I didn't think they would cover the spread, but I didn't think it was going to be a three-point game. Yeah. yeah I, I, if you're talking head scratchers, I think Oklahoma has to be another team that yeah. were, you know, and it's and it's once again on the offensive side of the ball, right? Because and that's what they 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 were talking about being so good this year right. coming in was their they, offense. They, right. At one point during the game, their starting quarterback got was getting booed by their own fans. I mean, this guy had you know preseason was almost destined to win the Heisman and, right. and now he's getting booed by his own fans. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get it. Oklahoma's winning, but man, these, these are some close games yeah. against some teams that don't even compare when it, when you're looking on paper. Right. And, and I just, yeah, I, I didn't think that this, you know, I didn't think that they were going to cover the spread, but I did not expect this to be, I mean, at one point West Virginia had the lead. I mean, right. they, you, you take, a game-winning field goal as the clock is expiring in Oklahoma, you know, we go into overtime. And, and who knows what And, and it's, a, you know, a coin flip as to who wins yeah. because neither team really had the momentum going into, you know, going right. into overtime. So, it, I don't know. Oklahoma it does not look good. It, it, it's, you know, they have some serious answers. To, yeah, I mean, they they were ranked number four at the time. And they're really – if they're going to be a contender for this for the playoff, they're going to have to get a lot more out of their rushing game. They've only had 57 rushing yards on the day. Oh, my I mean, goodness. That's, and that's through that's, four that's four very games. Anemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not good. Yeah. And our fifth game was LSU versus Mississippi State. I missed this one. I – I knew better to pick against Coach Ed. Um, you know, he's ripping off his shirt before the game and, and stuff. And I, I, you know, I should have went with LSU and I didn't. It was a close one, 28-25, but LSU uh, came out on top over Mississippi State. Put me in three and two for the week, and now I'm 13-7 and seven overall. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, was it kind of a game of two halves, I guess you could say. You know, LSU kind of, you know, came out hot in the first half and, you know, really just kind of coasted in the yeah, second half. And, and this, this, this game got a lot closer, I think, than LSU wanted it to be or, you yeah. know, expected it to be after they got off to kind of a hot a hot start, um, you know. And I think the difference was, you know, just kind of, you know, the the, the quarterback for LSU made less mistakes than right. the quarterback for, for Mississippi State. Yeah. Um, Max Johnson, 17 for 27. 280 passing yards, four touchdowns, and only one interception. So, uh, because if you look at, you know, the, the the statistical categories, Mississippi State actually outgained LSU in almost every, you know, statistical category. Yep. They actually played better, but they had two turnovers inside the LSU 30-yard mm. line. So, you know, when they get getting close to, you know, getting some points, 
they turn the ball over, and so they come up empty on, on two, you know, big opportunities. And yeah, that was even a field goal, you know, in yeah. one of those situations, you go into overtime, and, you know, yeah. anything can happen then. So Yeah, that, that's that's a good point, Colton. I mean, that, that was really the story of the game right, right there. Um, you know, and I went I, – I think I went – Two and three, or maybe three and two this this week. I'm sitting at the bottom of the standings <laughs> at eleven and eleven. Matt and took nine. over the lead. He's yeah. uh, he's yeah, a game up game on me. Yeah, fourteen, 14 and six so. after going five and zero oh this week. So right. hopefully yeah. so, I can make up well, some ground. <laughs> let's move on to those five games this week. Yeah. Let's start off with a big game in the Big Ten. I think um, yeah. number five Iowa going into Maryland. Iowa's uh, or got a right now sitting at a three and a half point favorite by Vegas. Um, but they're going into Maryland, both teams 4-0. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. This this could be a trap game for Iowa. You know, Maryland has not really beaten anybody. They beat West Virginia, Howard, Illinois, and Kent State. Um, Iowa beat, at the time, number 17, Indiana, number 9, Iowa State, and then Kent State and Colorado State. So, uh, you know, I think, obviously, Iowa's beat some better teams. Indiana, you know, evidently they were ranked a little high coming in to start the season um but we'll see if they turn it around but you know tell me give me your guys this uh before i make my pick tell me what you guys think of this this matchup yeah i think uh you know it's it's it i think Iowa's probably gonna gonna control this game it, it's really one of those things that you know what's iowa's offense gonna do what are, you know which which offense is gonna show up is yeah, it gonna be an offense that can put up some points and you know it finally you know show some we know points. their defense we know their play. defense is always gonna play well that, it, that's it, kind of my take coming to this it's gonna be a battle of a great offense i mean maryland's putting up some good numbers this right. year on offense but, against a great defense but against two yeah guess. yeah I mean, I mean, a favorable I, schedule i mean that west virginia defense is nothing to, right to, right to, they, I mean, they proved. I, that. I would say outside of West Virginia, though, you know, right. you got Howard, Illinois, and Kent State. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think you know but that's everybody's schedule, right? Right. Now right. I think uh, you know, it's showing something that gets that very good. I mean, West Virginia's defense has been very mm-hmm. good to great. A- this absolutely. Year, so. and, um, I, and I think the odds makers are looking at, at this too a little bit. Only and, give, and, you know, only helps, giving Iowa three and a half points. Right. And they're playing at Maryland. I mean, they're on. You know, I was on the road, um, so it's you know always the home team is always going to get a few points playing playing at home, so they're not going to let Iowa have, you know, too big of a spread because they are going on the road. Um, but like I said, I think, you know, it, it's going to be what what can Iowa's offense do um, that, that's really going to be the difference in, in this game. Um, I, I think the defense, you definitely know what you're getting, but the offense, you don't, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't know because – you know, a lot of oh, through these first four games, Iowa's defense has scored, you know, quite a few of their points. Um, and, and you're not always going to, you're not going to get that yeah, every week. You can't and, depend on it. And so I think, you know, yeah, I think you can depend on Iowa's defense playing well, but not scoring yeah, points. Right. For your not, not scoring points. enough points for you to win consistently. Right, right. Um, so I think, you know, Iowa's offense, and, and I think it starts on the, on the running game. The, the past two out of the past, two out of the past three games, they're averaging 1.7 yards per Gosh. carry. I mean, that's less than two yards a carry. I mean, that, and, that's and two of those games were against Kent State and Colorado. State, yeah, so I mean, it, it's you got to so, play better than that, right? So I think uh, you know, it, it's definitely you know they're going to have to find some ways to get that running game going, but but just get the offense in general going. Right. Um, I, I like Iowa to win. I think that defense will slow down uh, Maryland's kind of offensive attack, and, and, and you know, I think it'll be a close game. I, I like you know like the point spread that Vegas is getting. Um, you know, I think it'll be even closer than, than maybe three and a half. So. Ooh, wow. All right. That is a tight one. I, I got Iowa picked as well. I think uh, they'll go in, and I, I th- just think that defense is going to be too much for Maryland to overcome. And I think their offense will, will play well enough to uh, to get the win and cover the spread here. Well, this is where I got to go with my – that's not 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 that uh, not so fast, my friends <laughs> here, I'll tell you. I, I think Maryland, they showed a lot to me when they put up 30 against West Virginia's defense. That's okay. a very good defense. And mm-hmm. if they can do that to that defense, I think they could score against Iowa's defense. And I don't think Iowa can score enough yeah. to win the game. So I'm going with Maryland in the shocker oh, here. And, it, and this is actually Matt, an, early, an earlier game. This game is going to be on Friday night. So, you know, if you got nothing else going on, you know, this is a, a decent matchup. You yeah, know, on a so Friday. it won't interfere with another game that you might want to watch on Saturday. Yeah, so, so it's a good one to kind of kick off the kick off the you know college week or whatever this, this week. So if you're not, you know, tune in on, on nice. Friday night. So. Nice. <clears throat> All right. Um, another top ten – well, a top ten matchup, two top ten teams going at a team we already talked about, Arkansas, number eight, going into Georgia, uh, number, number two. two. Yeah. Um, you know – And this is where this is where game day is going to be. This is, right. you know, so, college game day. So right game now, of the week. they got 
Georgia at an 18 and a half point favorite, which I think is, I think that's a bit much. Um, mm-hmm. Although their defense has only given up 23 points in four total, games. total, total. <laughs> yeah. 23 points total yeah. in four games. And one of those games was against at the time, number three Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not sure where Clemson's at right now. They're, they're, they uh, got a lot of answers. They got a lot of questions. They to answer more there. questions than they got answers, but, um, you know, but Arkansas has got some quality wins. Uh, they beat at the time number fifteen Texas, and you know this last week number seven Texas A and M. Uh, you know, I, I, they've scored one hundred and fifty three points in four games. So it's going to be Arkansas's offense, I think, against Georgia's defense, and will Georgia's deep, you know, then offense be able to put up enough numbers to uh, to get by? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know. I think for me, yeah, I think the spread may be a little bit too high. I mean, that's we're talking almost three touchdowns, yeah, um, you know, favorite. I think that might be a little bit too high um, in, in the sense. But but I, I just think Arkansas, you know, is going basically their tr- first true road game here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at that Texas A&M game, that was a neutral site, neutral yeah. site game. Sure. Um, and now they're going into a hostile environment early. You know, it's a noon game, noon kickoff. I mean, it's tough sometimes to get that energy, you know, early on that early, you know, in the day kind of thing. And, and to go into that hostile environment there in Athens, um, I think is definitely going to be uh, a little bit overwhelming for, for Arkansas. You know, their quarterback got a little bit banged up in that Texas A&M game. Don't know what, you know, what his health looks like coming into this game. I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to play, but what, you know, is he, he's definitely not going to be a hundred percent. So right. what, what's he going to give you in this game? I think, you know, Georgia's offense is just a little bit better than Arkansas's. That defense, I think you're almost looking, you know, maybe head-to-head, maybe dead even. Um, so I, I like uh, um, Georgia to take to take this one. I don't think that they're going to cover the spread, but I like Georgia to, to, to win. Yeah, I got Georgia to win as well, and I, I got to agree with Colton. I don't think they're going to cover the spread. Cause, I mean, going back to Georgia real quick, Matt, I'm sorry. Um, oh, you're fine. Who – who has Georgia played? I mean, at the time, Clemson was number three, mm-hmm. but they've kind of fallen off. Right. Then they played UAB, yep. South Carolina, and Vandy. So, I mean, I don't know if that Georgia team has really been tested all that yeah. much. I think you know, like I said, I think you know what you're going to get with the defense because they've been consistently good, you know, throughout the season. Yes, they haven't played maybe the most superior opponents, but, you know, like we talked with Iowa, I, I think you know what you're getting. Um, it's going to be – is that offense really, you know, as good as what they've done here the last several weeks against these, you know, kind of inferior opponents? Yeah, right. Can they replicate, you know, some of that same success that they've had against maybe a little bit tougher defense in, in Arkansas? Yeah. <clears throat> yep, I agree. Yeah, and I, I'm with both of you on this one. I, I think Georgia does take this game on the backs of their defense. I don't their, – their offense isn't going to put up a ton of points, <laughs> but their defense is going to do enough to win this game. It's yeah. going to be closer than the spread, though. All right. So, I, right. I would take – and, and I believe uh, Georgia's quarterback, JT Daniels, is a little bit banged up yeah. as well. Yeah. So, I think, uh, you know, both quarterbacks coming in a little bit banged up. I think, yeah, you're definitely going to have to rely on, on your defense. I think at the time, right now, I think Georgia's defense slightly, slightly better than Arkansas. Right. Very good. <clears throat> Another big uh, top ten matchup. Number seven, Cincinnati – at number nine, Notre Dame. Uh, right now, they're giving Cincinnati as a two-point favorite. Um, uh, Cincinnati's three and zero. Notre Dame's four and zero with a overtime win over uh, Florida State, a three-point win over Toledo, um, a win over Purdue, and then you know the game we talked about against Wisconsin, and then Cincinnati's beat Miami of Ohio, Murray State, and Indiana. So, ah, uh, you know, I don't know. Indiana, Cincinnati really hasn't. I don't think been tested. I think we're all hoping for big things out for Luke Fickle's team this year, but I think it's going to be a tough matchup for them going into going into Notre Dame. Um, I got Notre Dame uh, as the upset winner, take you know, given that taking that two points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is definitely a statement game for Cincinnati. This is you yeah, know, they need of, it if they really want to have any chance of you know, right, getting into the playoff discussion. And, and it's not like they have to go in and they have to dominate Notre Dame by you know no. beat them by two touchdowns. Just I mean, a this, win. Just a win would be enough to really put them you know in solid you know in kind of the driver's seat to really yeah. you know have the chance an outside chance to to be in that you know four team playoff this year. Um, you know, for me. And Notre Dame is just, you know, skating by here. They, they, you know, that Wisconsin game, you know, throw it out the window because it was a lot closer than what the final score said. But, right. You know, if, they, if you look at their, you know, their game so far, I mean, they've escaped Florida State. They've escaped Toledo. I mean, they've escaped all of these games. And, and now you come in, 
Jack Cohn, you know, banged up in that last mm-hmm. game. What's the health status of him? And 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 for me, this Notre Dame offensive line is just is is bad. I mean, it's bad. It they're they uh, were only able to get three yards of rushing on 32 carries against. The, I know it's a stout, you know, Wisconsin defense, but you got to do. You got to balance. You got to balance that offense. Um, and, and you know they took uh, they they're, they've allowed 20 sacks already oh. through four games. I mean, and, and you can see it's taken a toll on their starting. And I, and I haven't heard the status of him. They, I, I think he'll be okay. You know, if he came, you know, he didn't really come back in that game. You know, against Wisconsin, but. He was on the sideline. He had his helmet. It looked like one of those things that he could have gone if they absolutely they needed did, him. They labeled it as not a serious injury. Yeah, so I think yeah. I think it'll be one of those things that he'll he'll be okay. But you know, is he a hundred percent, eighty percent, ninety? You know, what 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 percentage is he at well, there? Well, as good as as good as the you know the third stringer played. Do, do you even need him? I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, the third stringer looked better than him. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things that it may have been the defense doesn't really have a scouting report right, on the third what, third string team. You know, so it, it could change this this week. But uh, you know, I, I like I, I think Cincinnati makes a statement this week. I think that they 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 cover that spread. They they beat Notre Dame. Too many close calls for me for Notre Dame. I think they finally. You know, clock strikes midnight on those, you know, close games for Notre Dame. I think Cincinnati makes a statement here and gets the win. Right. Yeah, I hate to pick against the fighting Luke Fickles, but uh, like, like we've talked about, since he's played the likes of Miami, Ohio, Murray State, and Indiana, and they struggled mightily with Indiana. They barely they got lucky to get out of there with that win. Where I think Notre, Notre Dame's a little more battle-tested playing Florida State, Purdue, and Wisconsin. I, I just I, I like I think Notre Dame has more talent on the team than Cincinnati does, and I think it's going to be hard for Cincinnati to overcome. I'm going Notre Dame here. I, I'd like to see Cincinnati win, but I'm yeah. going to pick I'm going to pick Notre Dame. So, <laughs> all right, next one, uh, Ole Miss going into Bama, t- number twelve versus number one, three and zero. Ole Miss with wins against Louisville, Appalachian State, and Tulane, um, going in against Bama, uh, fourteen and a half point underdog. Uh, yeah, this is a game that doesn't make any sense to me. They give Georgia 18 and a half over to the number eight team in the country, but only give Alabama 14 and a half over to the 12 game, you know, the 12 number 12 team in the country. I mean, obviously I'm going to pick Alabama in this all day long. <laughs> um, do they cover the spread? Absolutely. I don't think uh, Old Miss has enough for Alabama at home. Yeah, 100% agree. Alabama covers spread. Yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, if you look at this game the last several years, guys, um, they, they've actually played six consecutive games where the total has been at least 69 combined points. So I think there's going to be a lot of firepower. Uh, Ole Miss's offense comes in averaging 50, almost 53 points a game, which is first in the NCAA. Um, but I think at the same time, well, they, they played actually, absolutely nobody. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't played anybody. But then you also got to look at it. They also are dead last in – they have the most penalty yards per game at almost 107 penalty Ooh, yards man, per game. So that, that's going to kill you against a team where, you know, you have to put up – I mean, you cannot come up empty because this Alabama team can score in droves. So right. you, you definitely scored. cannot, you know, come up, you know, get inside that goal line, have some mental mistakes. I, I think Alabama just has too much on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I, I don't think Old Miss is – Old Miss defense is going to do enough to put them in this game. I think Alabama's defense has has the playmakers. They get it done. I think that they cover the spread as well. <clears throat> All right, very good. Last game of the week, uh, number twenty one Baylor four and zero against uh, number nineteen Oklahoma State and four and zero at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a three and a half point favorite right now. Um, I don't know what to make of these two teams. I, you know. Baylor's the only one that's played a ranked team at the time. Last weekend was number 14, Iowa State. I think Iowa State's proven that maybe they weren't the team everybody thought right. they were going to be this mm-hmm. year. Um, but I think just just going on the road, you know, to Oklahoma State, I'm going to give the edge to Oklahoma State over Baylor. You know, uh, I think um, I think that three and a half points is probably pretty accurate. I think this will be a close game. Um, but uh, I'm going to give the edge to – Give the edge to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Baylor here. Actually, they're uh, they're putting up 42.8 points a game compared to Oklahoma State's 25.8 points a game. Uh, their defense is only allowed 63 points compared to Oklahoma State allowing 79 points on the season. Uh, 
Oklahoma State thumped Baylor a year ago, 42-3. to So I think Baylor is also going to be out for a little bit of revenge here. I'm going Baylor to win this one. Yeah, no, I think I got to I gotta agree with Dad. I'm taking Oklahoma State in this one. You know, Dad talked about that Iowa State game, and, and you know, it was a lot closer. You know, actually, uh, Baylor got outgained by almost 200 total yards in that game and still came out came out on uh came out on top um and so for me i think you know we don't really know what either one of these two teams are going to do they're freshly inside the top 25 you know this is the first week being ranked uh but i I like you know oklahoma state playing at home you know in in a in a close 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 battle all right very good well real quick before we get out of here a little nfl news um richard sherman was signed uh by tampa bay buccaneers to give him help in that secondary if you got to watch the uh, game the other night, uh, Tampa Bay definitely needs help in the secondary. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, he, Rich, Richard Sherman, he has a podcast that he does, and he had mentioned on there that there was a couple other teams that had reached out to him, teams that he'd played for in the past, the Seahawks, the 49ers. But when Tom makes a personal call, you don't say no. You don't. You, you pick up the phone. Yeah, when Tom <laughs> Brady calls, you don't say no. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Richard Sherman, 33 years old, you know, he's he's probably uh, uh, one of the better defensive backs to play the game, 36 career picks. Um, we'll see if he's lost a step or if he can if he can shore up that, that uh, defensive backfield for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, I mean, it's going to be interesting because he's also, you know, dealing with some legal issues. You know, it, I mean, he just got arrested not too many months ago, and, and I mean, there hasn't been any kind of ramifications from the NFL or, you know, any kind of suspension, so – He's immediately ready to go or, you know, immediately available to play for the Buccaneers. But we'll see how that, you know, plays out the rest of the season. It may be a temporary rental until they can get some of their secondary players back from from injury and and whatnot. Um, But, yeah, definitely uh, uh, it has to be an upgrade from what they got now, um, you know, in in that game against the Rams. I mean, they were just getting torched. torched. Um, So, you know, he he can't be be any worse at this point. So, I, I think. You know, it's a decent, decent signing. Yeah, he's a little bit older than maybe what you want. Probably not the same kind of lockdown corner that he used to be, but definitely I think gives you gives you some you know some talent at that corner position, and and if nothing else, gives you some some solid minutes, some and, and it's going to give you some quality quality minutes. It's going to play right. hard for you. Well, yeah, I mean, really, his stats haven't slowed down as he's gotten older. He's, he averages almost thirty some tackles a year, all three interceptions a season. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty good for a guy his age. And yeah. I think if he could. If you can give them anywhere close to that, yeah, that's gonna it's gonna help their defense quite a bit. Yeah, well, even I mean, even it, like I said, even it, for a temporary you know temporary basis or whatever. I mean, I don't know, yeah, what what it's gonna look you know, like. You know, it's a big game this week for Tampa for for Tom Brady. They go back into New England for the first time since he left. So we'll uh, we'll see how that works out for him. Um, I think you know one other guy that got signed this week, and you talk about past legal issues, but. Uh, <laughs> Josh Gordon, wide receiver Josh Gordon, got signed to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, t- tell me what you think about this, fellas. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't even – I didn't even really look, but, I mean, he's been reinstated, man. I don't even know how many times <laughs> yes, in the NFL. Five, six times. Yeah, it's uh, – I'm starting to lose track. It's been that many times. But, you know, just recently rein- re- reinstated again, you know, by the NFL and, you know, immediately signs with the, with the Chiefs. Um, you know, and, and Mahomes already came out and said he's happy to have Gordon there there in Kansas yeah. City. Uh, and I think Kansas City, you know, they're one and two right now. Definitely not looking like, you know, the, the runners up to the Super Bowl last year or, you know, even and the favorite going in. Right, right. Um, and, and, you know, they definitely and I wouldn't even say that it's necessarily that they got offensive problems. I think their defense has been a little bit of the issue. But, you know, it's always good to, you know, add another weapon to that already potent offense that, that Kansas City has. Um, and now you add, you know, a downfield kind of, you know, flash guy in, in you know, a big target also in, in Josh Gordon. I think, uh, you know, it, what does it hurt at this point? Uh, the, right. Though, is he, is he really still a weapon? All these times he's been suspended by the league and then reinstated. He, he's got so little playing time all these years. And then when he has played, he really hasn't done much. He was there in uh, – he played for the Patriots there for a while. Didn't yeah. do much with, with the Pats. So he's been I, with Seattle. I don't know that he's going to provide much. Yeah, I think I think what what helps him is that he's not walking into a situation where he has to necessarily be right. the guy. Let's say yeah. you know they are like I said they already got a plenty of weapons there on on Kansas City. So I think he doesn't necessarily have to come in week one and, and say you know hey I got to get ten catches for one hundred and twenty right. yards. I mean he he can kind of maybe ease his way back into it. You know, but but at the same time, you know, I think that they're also you know going to be expecting it to uh, 
you know, for him to, 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 you know, make some flashes of brilliance or give him another look that, you know, another person that defenses have to have to try to try to, you know, guard or whatever. Um, And they already have a down, you know, down the field threat in Tyreek Hill and a big target in Travis Kelsey. And Josh Um, Gordon, not afraid to go across the middle and catch passes over the middle as well. Yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting signing. We'll see, you know, how it works out for for Kansas City. Um, Like I said, sitting at the bottom of the AFC West at at one and and two. Um, And so they're, they're looking for answers. So, Maybe they maybe See they found something with with Josh Gordon. So. All right. Well, that's all we got for you tonight, folks. Um, I think we're going to take next week off. Uh, Colt and I are going to be in Las Vegas next week. We're going to maybe take a tour of the new stadium out there. Yeah, we'll there take, check it out, and we'll give you maybe give you a report on that <laughs> the following week. But uh, give you a chance to go back and listen to the old. You know, we got thirty some episodes in the can now, so um, Colton will tell you how to link up with that and. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Yeah, guys, uh, like Dad said, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. Um, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, just have a burning sports question that you want the guys to answer during, you know, one of our recordings, uh, hit us up, you know, to reach out to us on our Instagram. Um, our handle is fireduppod underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook at uh, Fired Up, comma, sports podcast. Or um, you, we also have a have a website, uh, fireinup1.podbean.com, where you can check out all of our past episodes and find out important information about the show. Um, like Dad said, we, we appreciate you guys listening, and you know we won't be won't be here next week, but we'll be back, you know, the following week. So you know, be sure to tune back in for us, and you know, as always, stay fired, fired up. up.